It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Welcome to the Julia Hartley Brewer Daily. If you missed any of my talk radio breakfast show, don't worry. We've put some of the punchiest bits of this morning's show into a bite-sized podcast, the Julia Hartley Brewer Daily. Enjoy. Online. On DAB and on the Talk Radio app. Talk Radio. People are on flights, uh, actually coming home from Spain after being on holiday, uh, even if they were many, many miles uh, from where there has been a new outbreak of cases in Spain, uh, found themselves arriving in the UK to discover that they had to quarantine for two weeks. But what rights do they have? And will many more Brits continue to fly? 600,000 are there right now, uh, up to a couple of million more of holidays planned there in the next few months. And where else across Europe in particular? could be affected for quarantining. Well, talking about this and all the other stories today is Benjamin Butterworth. He's a journalist at the iPaper who joins us. And as we've just been discussing, Benjamin, you yourself actually uh, flew to Benidorm for work, you claim, involving um, <laughs> flying, for, for going on, I was going to say flying, you don't fly on a jet ski, but you know what I mean. It felt like that last mm. time I was on one. Uh, and uh, and uh, not, not, uh, you know, not, not, not for pleasure, of course, purely for work purposes, but luckily uh, flew back in time uh, for the, uh, the, before the quarantine began. Um, would you right now though, would you book a holiday anywhere else in Europe right now, anywhere else abroad uh, given that we've seen that quarantine on Spain happen just you know, at a few moments notice effectively? Well, do you know, I was planning to book a trip to Greece for August or September and I have questioned it since but do you know, I really am of the view that if countries are dealing with this virus and that they have it under control, some of these countries have it under much better control than we do at the moment in terms of the number of cases, that we can't all sit in our houses and not leave and not spend any money forever. I really do think we have to try and get back to some kind of new normality. And so I think I'll still stick um, book my trip to Greece. I have to say, if I'd been planning to go to Spain later in this year, I probably wouldn't have done that because it would have seemed an unnecessary risk. And the other point quickly is there's an inequality in this because if I'd been caught out by the quarantine, I could still do my job from home. Yeah. But lots of people can't do that. That's absolutely crucial. And we're going to be discussing that uh, coming up actually with a government minister uh, right now. Let's talk to Simon Calder. He's travel editor of The Independent. Good morning to you, Simon. Uh, good morning from a blustery and busy Gatwick, but not as busy, of course, as the airlines would like. That's because um, there's an awful lot of people not showing up for flights. There was one plane yesterday um, flying from the UK to Alicante, the airport for Benidorm, and um, there were 150 people booked on it. Of those, 131 checked in, but only 80 showed up because obviously uh, the 
news had come through that they were going to uh, uh, have to quarantine when they came back and they just decided they weren't going to bother. Um, it's a really, really tough time. Speaking to an aviation insider here this morning, they're just saying everything is yo-yoing. So you know, at the start of July, we thought things were going to get better. By the 10th of July, the um, blanket quarantine rule had been lifted for an awful lot of destinations. And then suddenly, Saturday, uh, Friday, was it Saturday or Friday? Evening? Saturday I night. It's all, it's all blurs into night. one Saturday. It does all blur into one. Uh, suddenly, with less than um, five hours notice, we were told, right, um, anybody in Spain, you've got basically an hour to get yourself to an airport and get on a flight. Otherwise, when you come back, you're going to be sat in a room for two weeks. So an awful lot of upset. And yes, there is the possibility, and it's being called the Martini Menace, that anybody who uh, uh, books a trip from now onwards runs the risk that any time, anywhere, any place, they might find that they have uh, to self-isolate when they and come And this home. is where not just the holiday makers are tearing their hair out, but the, as you say, the airline industry, the travel industry, the hotels are also tearing their hair out because, of course, um, they were just just seeing that trickle back of people. I mean, certainly I was just come back from uh, from France uh, very late last night and I mean, pretty much a full flight uh, there and back. That said, more my absolutely empty airports really quite quite depressing to see how how that has happened a lot of people thinking well i'll just wait and see i'll wait and see but of course this is exactly the sort of event which is going to say to be many people who were maybe pondering the idea of a break uh, no thank you very much of course that could be a wonderful boost for the british tourism industry uh, for staycations uh, but that's not going to be much consolation uh, for those who are planning holidays abroad now a lot of the queries and we're going to bring this up with government minister was speaking to very soon is it's about why spain or what the issue is the cases have been tripling in the past two weeks but still um, i mean i mean 39.4 cases per 100,000 that compares with the uk less than half that at 14.6 cases per 100,000 um but half of those are asymptomatic so these aren't people who were ill these are people who've been traced and identified by the contact tracing system spain it would appear has been a victim of its own test and trace success uh, well, it's it, uh, yeah. That's that's the line that's coming out of the um, uh, Spanish authorities. Certainly, oh. that, that you know, <laughs> simply the same as um, uh, we had with um, Portugal. Really, the idea that uh, yep, um, if you if you test a lot of people, you're going to get a lot of positives, and that's going to make you look bad. But what's particularly particularly annoying is that if you look at a country like Belgium, they are saying yeah, there's um, actually six provinces of uh, Spain, including Catalonia. Um, with uh, Barcelona at its heart, uh, where we don't want, we need people to quarantine from. But anywhere else, particularly the islands, um, there doesn't seem to be a problem. So and that's where most of the that. Brits go as well, isn't it? Well, now, well, the, the yeah, big issue yes. here, of course, is that, I mean, they say, look, this, you know, Spain is safe for Spaniards and safe for tourists and, and the outbreaks are isolated. Uh, what we, I say we, we could have gone to Bradford and be, be less safe. Um, but the big issue for a lot of people now is what their entitlement is. I mean, look, look, their entitlement to statutory sick pay is zero. Just, uh, entitlement to work from home. Uh, if your boss doesn't want you to or you can't work from home, zero. Uh, big issue there. But what are people's entitlement when it it comes to uh, flights getting reimbursed, all those, those those 70 people or so who didn't turn up for the flight uh, to, yeah. to, to, that was supposed to arrive at Gatwick, what are their entitlements? Yeah. Uh, it's a really, really tricky problem. I mean, the main problem is, of course, many people haven't booked package holidays. If you book a package holiday and you are told you are going to have to uh, 
refund, um, you're going to uh, have to quarantine. That's not actually sufficient ground for a cancellation to take place. Um, but if you um, are going to the mainland, because the Foreign Office warns against going there, you will get your money back. However, uh, the airlines have got different policies. So, for instance, British Airways and uh, EasyJet say, yes, it's absolutely fine to um, uh, take a voucher or um, uh, postpone your flight. But Ryanair and other airlines are saying, no, nope, you've booked your flight. That's it. If you don't turn up, you're losing all your money. And um, of course, similar problems for people who book rental cars and hotels and so on. So, yeah. yes, it is a, um, a it's a, a, a real, real problem. And okay. um, so, yeah. Just finally, I know briefly you've got to go. Ryanair, just in the last few moments, posted uh, the most challenging quarter yet in their 35 year history, a loss of 185 million euros. Yeah, exactly. That's 20 pounds per second. They saw the number of passengers flight fall by 99%. And they say it's going to get really, really bad um, from the uh, next uh, uh, two uh, the next two, three years, they're complaining about state aid, but they're also saying that they are absolutely furious about the way that um, uh, the uh, European governments have been putting flight restrictions in place. And of course, quarantine is yet another example of that. Online, on DAB, and on the Talk Radio app. Talk Radio. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Across the UK, online, on DAB, and on your smart speaker, Talk Radio. But is there any way back now for Meghan and Harry after so many claims and counterclaims and moans and whinges, bearing in mind the Queen's uh, own motto, of course, never complain, never explain. They're trying to do both constantly. Let's talk to Ingrid Seward. She's uh, editor-in-chief at Majesty Magazine and herself a biographer of Prince Harry. Good morning to you, Ingrid. 
Good morning, Julia. Um, now, you and I have often differed on the issue of the royals, as you as you know. I'm I'm, I'm a something of a of a staunch Republican, but I always was of the view as soon as Meghan came on the scene that a celebrity, an actress, marrying into the royal family was bad news for the royal family. It wouldn't sort of you know just make them all wonderfully popular and lots more attention and and the like. It would always be trouble because someone who came from outside this world wouldn't really understand the deal that being a royal is rather different from being a celebrity. Have I been proved right? You have been proved totally right. Um, abs- I, I think the root of the problem, well, I suppose there's a lot of problems because the whole book is a litany of whinges, but um, <laughs> the root of the problem is that Meghan simply didn't understand what the monarchy was about. I mean, the monarchy is uh, not all glamour. In fact, most of it isn't glamour. A lot of it is... Um, you know, shaking people's hands on on a cold day up in the north of England somewhere and trying to, you know, make other people happy, which, of course, Diana was so good at. It's not about me, me, me. And I think Harry must have completely failed to explain this to Meghan because I don't think Meghan's stupid. She's not as bright as I thought she was, but I don't think she's stupid. And uh, I think he just failed to explain this to her. Well, this is the issue, isn't it? It's this idea that she wants the all the good stuff from being a royal, which is uh, just people just telling you how wonderful you are and, and being invited to glamorous events and and getting to uh, uh, to you know, love lovely publicity for focusing on good causes. But as you say, none of none of the drudgery, the uh, as you say, the, uh, the the cutting ribbons and in, in Skegness. No offence to Skegness on a cold winter's day. Um, now, but, but you say you, know, you think that she wasn't really aware of this. Is uh, we're told by uh, other royal experts. That that Prince Harry did tell her and did warn her, but perhaps it's difficult for anyone, particularly outside Britain, to grasp that. And and the difference between being a celebrity and being a royal, um, this is a very crucial difference, isn't it? When you're in a, a royal, a royal remember, you are constantly on watch, you're constantly scrutinised, and you get, a, you get a very different kind of coverage than you do when you are a celebrity, when you can pick and choose when you are in the media spotlight. Absolutely. And see, Harry and Meghan, I think another of their big problems is they wanted to control everything. But you can't control everything. Uh, I mean, only the Queen controls everything. And as Prince Philip is, it was one of his best quotes, actually, he said to Diana, when it went the height of all her drama, um, this is not a popularity contest. It is about all of us working together to, you know, keep the institution of the monarchy sort of on the rails and keep it relevant. But it's not popularity contest and and I just don't think I think Megan thought it was and she wanted to be the shining star and is that part of the issue? Because what emerged over the weekend in some of the serialised highlights of this book is that uh, you know her view was you know she, she this mass, massively glamorous wedding, all the attention uh, for her uh, uh, engagement and and everything that she did, every speech she made, every high a course she highlighted, she's getting massive publicity all around the world. That she had uniquely done this job of making the the, the royal royalty popular again and and uh, and relevant again and internationally perhaps not understanding that that this has happened before with other royals this generally happens around a royal wedding um and 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 that she was actually a bit part player but she didn't see herself as a bit part player she thought she was the star absolutely i mean if if indeed that the you know if indeed this is what she really thought i think there's always a slight question mark over 
um, what they really, really thought. But if they, it, let's take it that she did really think that. And of course, she, she's completely sort of, for, why would she know that, you know, when the Queen, you know, first sort of toured Australia, there were millions of people out to see her. People were sort of fainting in the streets with, with the joy of actually seeing the Queen. Uh, and the adulation was enormous. But I mean, why would Meghan know that unless someone had told her? Well, indeed. Um, and it hasn't really worked out. I mean, in terms of what their, their plan was, you know, to draw back from public uh, service and from the being you know, first rank royals, um, but to draw back. And of course, it's trying to stay relevant during the coronavirus pandemic. To the, the big bucks haven't come rolling in because you can't go and do all these big public appearances. Uh, the Hollywood work hasn't come in because they're not making any Hollywood films. And of course, even their charitable foundation, Archwell, uh, hasn't really got off the ground. Um, so things haven't really quite worked out how they planned. The timing couldn't have been worse. I mean, LA is in the middle of this corona pandemic, as we know, and it's still in lockdown. I mean, had they stayed in Canada, they would be much better off. But had they stayed here, of course, they'd be even more better off. If this, yeah, that's very bad English, but you know what I mean. <laughs> you know what I mean. I mean, it's just, I suppose that's very, very bad luck that they picked that moment to go. But I do feel in my heart that this is what Harry wanted. He didn't like he didn't like being a prince. He said it often enough. Then he said the most extraordinary thing, and I was trying to find the quote but couldn't find it again, is that if he was king, he'd go and do his own shopping. So he seems to me that he's completely missed the point, again, of what the monarchy's all about. Yeah, well, also, again, if you're going to do your own shopping, perhaps you don't have to get private jets everywhere either. Online, on DAB, and on the Talk Radio app. Talk Radio. Let's talk about a man who has got his job back. He's an award-winning charity boss, and he was sacked after he criticised Black Lives Matter UK. Not because he's a racist. No, because he didn't like the far-left agenda of Black Lives Matter UK, the one that's actually written on their website, which they publicised. In a 570-word blog uh, written uh, earlier this year, uh, Martin, uh, apologies, Nick Buckley uh, warned of the neo-Marxist policies of the Black Lives Matter UK campaign group, which include tearing down capitalism and abolishing the police. He then faced, well, the cancel culture we've been hearing so much about and uh, was dropped as the chief executive of the Mancunian Way charity. The charity, by the way, which he himself started uh, helping disadvantaged youngsters. Well, he's now got his job back, in part uh, thanks to the work of Toby Young and the Free Speech Union. And I'm delighted uh, to welcome both men uh, to the show right now. Nick Buckley, um, first of all, I was delighted to read when I was away on holiday that you had been reinstated uh, as a chief executive of Mancunian Way after you were unceremoniously uh, dismissed. Um, delighted also that we spoke to you before and had to help, help to uh, get that uh, petition up to, uh, uh, to save you your job. Um, tell us, just first of all, just go back to why specifically you were dropped uh, from the, being the boss of your own charity and, and then the process for getting back. Um, the blog I wrote um, attracted some criticism, which is fine. Um, and then it attracted an online petition. The trustees panicked and wanted the problem to go away. And it seemed like the easiest thing to do was to cancel me. And they thought the problem would go away. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't. 
It, it absolutely didn't go away, did it? But I mean, was was the view that this man that they presumably knew pretty well, they'd worked with you, they were trustees of your charity, they suddenly thought that you were a bad person, that you were racist, that you were you didn't think that the lives of black people mattered? Did they actually raise any specific concerns with you about what you read? Because I read uh, your blog and it seemed to me to be incredibly measured and calm and a very fair and reasonable assessment of, of what the organisation Black Lives Matter were actually intending to do. To be perfectly honest, I really don't know. Um, I never had a face-to-face conversation with the trustees. All this was done literally over maybe three emails. Um, so I was never really asked to explain myself. It was, yeah, it, it was as simple as that. It, and I, a lot of this was down to COVID because of the social isolation and um, not having meetings. So I'm sure COVID played a part in all this you, as well. You couldn't explain yourself. Now, explain to us, tell us what it feels like to be for want of a better word, cancelled. To, to, to have a job, to have a, a vocation, to be doing good work as you were doing in your charity. You're actually doing some useful work, more than most of us do in our daily lives. And then to suddenly be told that because of something you've written in a free society, um, which again, I, I dare anyone to read this blog and think there's anything controversial in it, um, uh, let alone anything that should cause someone to lose their job. What does it feel like to suddenly be ousted from your, your, your job? The best way to describe it is pure shock. Um, I didn't think this would ever happen to me. I was the chief exec. I founded the charity. I handpicked the trustees to be trustees. I, you know, I wrote other blogs on other controversial subjects um, around rough sleeping, around government. So it's not like this was the first time I attempted to write something. And for the first week, ten days, the best way of describing it was, was grieving. I felt I'd lost a huge part of myself, my life, my history. And then you start having those doubts. Maybe I was wrong. Maybe I had crossed the line. No one really came out to support me. Um, People I'd worked with previously, one or two of them jumped on the bandwagon and were criticising me. And then you are human. You start thinking, maybe it is me. Maybe I really don't understand. But then things dramatically changed then when the Mail on Sunday published the article. Everything changed within within a couple of hours. Yeah, because we've got this online petition then to get you reinstated. Well, this is when also Toby Young, General Secretary of the Free Speech Union, got involved. Toby, um, how did you first hear about Nick Buckley's case and why did you choose to take it up? Yeah, well, um, I read about it in the Mail on Sunday um, and I contacted Nick and um, said, would you like any help? trying to get your old job back. Um, if you join the Free Speech Union, I'm sure there are a number of things we can try and do. And um, we had a, I think I, I sent him an email um, and then he called and we had a chat um, and he joined the Free Speech Union and um, I managed to find him uh, a very good um, uh, lawyer uh, in the form of Jeffrey Davis at uh, Keystone Law, um, who I know from having worked with before is an expert in charity law. And it seemed to me that was the relevant legal area here. Had the charity followed the correct procedure uh, when they had terminated their relationship with Nick? Uh, it, often in these cases, when people get cancelled um, so quickly, um, uh, the firm or the institution in question uh, ignores due process. They ignore the proper procedure, the rules, sometimes even the law, uh, in their rush to placate this angry online mob. Uh, and so I suspected that something like that might have happened here. 
uh, got in touch with Jeffrey Davis. Jeffrey was happy to take on Nick's case on a pro bono basis. Um, I put them in touch. Nick sent Jeffrey all the relevant paperwork, and Jeffrey very quickly uh, figured out that they hadn't followed the correct procedure. What was a surprise they hadn't? And this is and this is it because a lot of these decisions they are very very quick. They are often judgments which are made without full information. You know, often by people who say, for instance, haven't read or what what someone has actually said. Um, but but also as a result of this 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 mob uh, these mob actions online, whether it's a petition, whether it's uh, something on Twitter or on Facebook and the like. And we've seen this again and again and again. And and there's been something of a, uh, I think um a, a public backlash. Now, from the, I like to think the silent majority, I think the vast, vast majority of this country who don't believe that people should be hounded from their jobs and their lives in polite society because they've said something that's not considered by some people uh, to be the absolutely perfect form of words or phrase. Because this isn't someone being hounded from their job for saying something racist, even. This is someone hounded from their job for, for merely giving an opinion on something in a very reasonable way, which does suggest that you know, we don't have free speech in this country anymore. Yes, I mean, lots of um, people have got in touch with the Free Speech Union um, uh, because they're in trouble or because they've lost work or been kicked out of university um, and, and literally dozens, I'm talking dozens of people, uh, merely for saying something critical about Black Lives Matter and the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, it's as though suddenly it has become completely taboo to criticise this organisation. Uh, I mean, I think perhaps that's probably uh, less the case now than it was at the height of the BLM protests. But at the height of the protests, it suddenly became uh, completely unacceptable in the eyes of many people to criticise this organisation without doing any proper scrutiny, without really understanding what the organisation is, what it wants to achieve, what its philosophy is, without really bothering to understand that. Lots and lots of institutions, corporations, the Premier League, uh, rush to embrace it and adorn themselves with the BLM logo and proclaim their solidarity with BLM. It was a kind of moment of collective hysteria. Um, uh, and, uh, and during that febrile atmosphere, lots and lots of people either were placed under investigation or lost their jobs uh, because they were bold enough to say, hang on a second, let's take a closer look at this organisation. What do they actually believe? What do they want? Are they really as wholesome as people are portraying? Should the Premier League be emblazoning football players' shirts with yeah. the BLM logo. Indeed, uh, something and, we, and, we, and the, we questioned very early on, indeed. Um, Nick, the time is against us. Nick Buckley, I'm just going to come back to you, I and mean, obviously with the help of the online petitions, uh, Toby Young with, with this uh, this lawyer as well, Jeffrey Davies, you've got your job back. But people who say, oh, this cancel culture thing, it doesn't exist. Don't be so silly. Of course it doesn't. You have a right to free speech, but you've, got to, you've also got to deal with the consequences of free speech. What do you say to those people? Absolutely. I mean, free speech comes with responsibility. But there is a difference between what you say, if it's correct, if it's responsible, and then having an angry mob whose whole philosophy is based on sand. You know, it's built on sand. And when you challenge it, it all crumbles. And we shouldn't allow a very small, I and mean, we always forget this, this is a very small percentage of people on Twitter yep. who have a loud voice, who then scare everybody else. And this whole culture we have at the moment is built on fear. So people who did support me, thousands of people who have messaged me over the last five weeks, the vast majority of them were supportive. I mean, we're talking 99.9% were supportive. And most of them would say, Nick, I support you. 
I'm just sorry I can't do it online. I'm just sorry I can't come out because I've got a mortgage, yeah. I've got family, I've got kids. Online, on DAB, and on the Talk Radio app. Talk Radio. Thanks for listening to the Julia Hartley Brewer Daily. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and give me a good review. And don't forget to catch me on the Talk Radio Breakfast Show every weekday from 6.30 until 10. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.